Lord, we sure do love you. Thank you for the good services we've had already today and how you've met with us. And it's always wonderful when you show up in our midst and your presence sure makes the difference. And I pray you'll use us for a few moments tonight to be a blessing and a help to your people. And uh, Lord, just give us the words to say. May you get honor and glory unto yourself. May no man or flesh glory in your presence and your work. Get all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. You can be seated tonight. And I go ahead and take your Bibles to the book of 1 Corinthians and chapter number 13. It's always a blessing to come by Bible Baptist and be with you folks. And we always enjoy the Jubilee. That's always a wonderful week and a good time in our life. I told Brother Gravely, I'm coming whether he books me or not. Amen. And sometimes you just hobo in on a meeting, amen. Uh, but it's always good to catch a Sunday, too, just so we can get to be around y'all a little bit and fellowship with your pastor. That's always a blessing. Glad to be here. And I, I like this church. And uh, y'all got a good church. Don't take it for granted. I could take you all over the country to churches that were great churches that don't even exist anymore. And I don't even mean just great number. I mean they had the right music, the right spirit, the right preaching, and they, they closed the doors. You say, what happened? The devil got in there. You just let him get a foot in the door, man. He'll tear that thing to pieces. So don't take for granted what you've got. Amen. Pray for this place. Pray for your preacher. And be thankful for what you got. And... Uh, I like the fact the sign still says Baptist on it. That's a blessing. And I like the music around here. That's a blessing. I like these young people up here picking these instruments. That's a blessing. Amen. Amen. Most, of, most boys, especially boys anymore, all they know how to do is play video games and sit around on their phones, and you'll never be able to use video games in the work of the Lord. And ain't nothing wrong with a little bit of amusement and playing that kind of stuff. But man, get, pick up an instrument and learn to play something. You can get up here and use it for the glory of God for the rest of your life. Amen. Pick something other than your nose. Amen. All right. <clears throat> I'm, just, I'm just feeling y'all out a little bit. Because <laughs> you're doing the same thing to me right now. <laughs> I, know, I know how this thing goes. But uh, Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And I'll I be honest with you, in evangelism, a lot of times you want to you wanna preach what you'll see results from. You want to preach something where the altars will fill up and then you can report it in your newsletter later on. And uh, So usually evangelists are going to preach on salvation because there's, there's always going to be one or two lost people in the crowd. And, uh, or they'll preach on sin because Lord knows Baptists are sinners. <laughs> or we'll preach on storms. I could preach a message on storms tonight and no doubt probably half the crowd. You're going through some kind of a storm, whether big or large. We, we're all there going through them uh, but really the message that's on my heart tonight I sat down back around Christmas time and I was studying this and Brother Gravely I really put it together to do a Sunday school lesson every now and then a pastor will ask us to do a Sunday school lesson so I try to have something ready and after I did this a couple times in Sunday school I realized man this thing's got a little bit of preach in it and so, uh, but it's on my heart tonight, so I, I don't know uh, what the Lord will do with it, but I hope it'll be a help to you. But in verse 13 of 1 Corinthians chapter 13, notice what Paul said. He said, and now abideth faith, hope, charity, these three. But the greatest of these is charity. In a few moments, we'll look at why charity, I believe, is the greatest out of those three. But look up at verse number 5. 
where it said, doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own. Is that what your Bible says tonight? Her own. I want to preach tonight on a girl named Charity. A girl named Charity. We live, we live in a day where people have a warped idea of what charity really is. Webster defined charity like this. He said, charity is a supreme love to God and universal goodwill to men. And our modern day society wants to take out the first part of that definition and they're trying to have the goodwill to men and do good to your neighbor. But the fact is, brother and sister, if our love for God is not what it should be, then our charity towards others is never going to be what it should be. It's got to be all about him first of all, amen, if it's ever going to be about others. And even in the Christian realm, we have, a, we have a weird idea of what charity is. We think of charity and we think of some touchy-feely, emotional thing. We think of Joel Osteen and Rick Warren. We think of, uh, we think of you know, let's all hold hands and sing Kumbaya. Hey, y'all, I'm not even sure God likes Kumbaya, amen, but that, that's not charity. Now, now, Paul here in this book, he's writing to the most carnal church in the New Testament. Yes. So obviously, he's telling them that charity would straighten out their carnality. Amen. I think we need some charity in this Laodicean church age, amen? Because we've got a lot of carnality creeping into our churches. And charity's not going to make, it's not going to make you liberal. It's not going to cause you to have less standards and convictions in your life. No, charity will straighten out the carnality. Paul told them in chapter 1, verse 7, he said, Ye come behind in no gift. He said, man, y'all got the spiritual gifts. But your spiritual walk don't add up to your spiritual gifts. They lack charity. Three areas of charity I want us to look at as time permits tonight. Number one, in verses 1 through 3, we see the value of charity. In verse 1, Paul talks about our speech. He said... Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I am become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. In other words, Paul said, it doesn't matter how great of a speaker I am. It doesn't matter how great of an orator or a pulpiteer I may be. If I don't have charity, it's nothing. It's going to amount to nothing. It's like a tinkling cymbal. You're just making noise. Charity is the power of speech and without it, that's all we're doing. We're making noise. He says it's like a tinkling cymbal. If you were to go to Chattanooga tonight and go to the symphony, they would have a big orchestra there and, and they would get playing that music and as the music would build and the song would build, there's one guy, there's one guy that's got a very simple job. He's got some cymbals. And as that music builds, his job at some point into that thing, he's going to clash those cymbals together. And I mean, it, he ain't got much of a job in that thing, but I'll tell you what, when he hits those cymbals at just the right moment, it'll put goose pimples all over you. I mean, it makes it good. But you know, if you just had some goofball that wanted to stand up there and clang those cymbals just whenever he felt like it, as much as he wanted to, it's going to get obnoxious real quick. Hey, y'all, that's us when we're carrying on conversations that have no charity. It's just clang, clang. We're like them little wind-up monkeys. Bang, bang, bang. Y'all remember those, don't you? That's us when we don't have charity with what we're saying. Amen. Even as preachers, it matters not just what we say, but how we say it. Amen. Charity is what makes the difference. Amen. I I've heard some preachers preach some great truths, but they didn't have any charity in their message. We were talking about it at lunch today. Man, I've heard preachers over the years preach against things like televisions. And I'll be honest with you, some of them were so hateful and mean about it. By the time they were done, 
I wanted to go watch television. <laughs> pray, pray for me. I've heard some of them old preachers preach against television and everything else. But they did it, Brother Gravely, with such a right spirit that by the time they were done, I may not have been on the altar saying, Lord, here's my TV, here's it, but I was there saying, Lord, whatever you want, you can have it out of my life if it'll make me holy and closer to you. You say, what's the difference, Charity? See, there's a difference between hard preaching and hard preachers. Hard preaching will help you. And Lord knows we need it. A hard preacher can hurt you. And the difference between the two is this thing of charity. So he talks about our speech, but in verse number two, Paul talks about our study. He said, and though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, he said, if I have not charity, I am nothing. He talks about a very smart man right here. I mean, understands prophecy, mysteries, all knowledge. I mean, a very studied, smart man right here. But he says, if I have charity, I'm nothing. Now, Paul's not telling us not to study, y'all. As a matter of fact, he told Timothy, he said, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Paul commanded him to study. By the way, that thing of studying is not just for preachers. That's for all God's people. We ought to be students of the word of God. Amen. Amen. You ought to, hey, you ought to trust your pastor enough to trust what he's preaching, but man, check it out in the scriptures. Amen. Check me out in the scriptures tonight. That's why people, that's why Baptists are in such a mess tonight. They're just swallowing everything they hear coming from pulpits. Study. I, I get in some crowds. I have had the misfortune of getting around some crowds where they actually say, don't, don't study, don't have notes, don't have outlines. You just get up and open your mouth and let God fill your mouth. And you know what I've noticed? Most of that crowd, when they get up, they spend 20 to 30 minutes jumping around yelling, making a lot of noise and don't say anything. Now, I'm not minimizing getting full of the Holy Ghost and having the power of God on you, amen. I'm not making light of that. But what God wants to say through you, he might have given it to you during your study. So Paul is not minimizing studying and, and having a knowledge of the scripture here, but he says if all you got is the knowledge and you ain't got charity, it's nothing. And I see young men year after year go off to Bible colleges for three or four years and they get some Bible under their belt and all they want to do is come home and argue with everybody and debate with everybody. That is not why we study the scriptures, amen? That's not why we study the word of God is just so we can argue with people. I can enjoy a good Bible discussion. Even if we come to a disagreement on something, I can enjoy discussing the Bible, but I'm not the least bit interested in arguing and debating with people on that kind of stuff. Talking about charity. Then he talks about our spirituality. Let's keep reading in verse 2. He said, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. He said all faith. I don't have that kind of faith. I'll just be honest with you. I come to Chattanooga and drive around all this area around here. I would love to make these mountains go away when I'm driving around. Up and down and over. It's like, don't y'all want to just flatten your roads or something? Amen. I'd love to say, get out of my way, mountain. My Yukon's had enough. Ain't got that much faith. He's talking about a man that has all faith. You say, preacher, I got great faith tonight. Wonderful. Do you have charity? You say, brother Daniel, our family has good standards and convictions. Wonderful. Please don't change them. But do you have charity? 
Our independent fundamental Baptist movement is eat up with people and families that have great standards. They dress right, their hair's cut right. I mean, they look real good on the outside, but they're full of pride and arrogance. And it's all just a show to impress other people or to intimidate other people. That's not the purpose of holiness and sanctification. It's all about being clean so we can have a close walk with God. It's not so you can look better than everybody else in the church. It's not to put your little family on display and say, look how wonderful we are. And I've met a lot of people that it seems like the more standards they get, the meaner they get. Something's wrong right there. Man, the closer we get to God, it ought to make us sweet and kind. Amen, not a jerk. (laughs) Nobody cares how many convictions you have if you're mean and just a jerk all the time. We okay with that? Hey, don't change your standards. Don't drop them. Don't compromise. But could you have a sweet spirit? Charity, charity. Then in verse 3, he talks about our service and our sacrifice. He said, and though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. Paul said, you can give it all. You can even give yourself as a martyr, but if you don't have charity, it'll profit you nothing. I can remember a time when people used to serve God They'd do a work for the Lord and they didn't have to post it all over social media so everybody knew what they did that day. Anybody remember those days? Nowadays, if you could find somebody that would actually go be martyred, be burned at the stake or whatever, I promise you they're going to take a selfie and post it all over social media before they die. Hashtag all for Jesus, amen? Question is, what's your motive? Why do you do what you do? Is it to please God? Is it because you're commanded to and you're supposed to do it? Or is it just all about, well, I hope the preacher saw what I did today. I hope they saw what I did for my Lord today. Hmm? And here's the thing. These, these are all wonderful things, but if you take charity out of any of them, they lose their value. It's like at Christmas time. The kids go opening up the presents and they get a remote control car or a helicopter or something like that, a drone, and you know they're looking at, wow, this is cool. Where's the batteries? See, until you get the batteries in it, it just looks cool. But it ain't going to accomplish much. Hey, brother and sister, until we get charity in these things, it may look good, but it ain't going to get anything done until you get some charity in it. Number two, I want us to look at the virtues of charity. In verses 4 through 7, Paul lays out 15 characteristics of charity. I want us to look at them this evening. Notice in verse 4, he said, Charity suffereth long. That right there has to do with patience. Could be patience in our own suffering. I've seen people that had to suffer for a long time, but they did it with charity. Most of us will get sick and you know, a few days later, we're better, we're, we're healed. But I've seen some people that have gotten sick and they had to live with it for the rest of their life. But they did it with joy. They did it with a smile and with a song in their heart. And when Brother Gravity, they would stand up and testify, it wasn't, well, y'all, y'all know my situation and just need prayer. No, it was you. Just want to brag on the Lord. He's been mighty good to me. Say, so what is that? Charity. Charity suffereth long. It could be in your own suffering or it could be in dealing with other, having patience with other people. That's right. 
I mean, you take, you think about this. You take a young man and a young woman. They come together. They're going to get married. Man, they come from completely different backgrounds and home lives and sometimes even different cultures. And you put them in the same house under one roof. It's going to take some charity. And if there ain't no charity, the first fight you have, she's going to run here and he's going to run there. Or they're just going to call it quits and file for a divorce and be done with it. By the way, Here's the difference between love and charity. I get that they're closely related, but here's the difference. If you ever find that the love has slipped out of your marriage, charity will work to keep that thing together. Amen. You had to work one time to make her fall in love with you. Amen. You used to brush your teeth and put deodorant on because you wanted her to like you. Ladies, you used to put the makeup on and you'd get all dressed up and put the perfume on. Huh? You know what you was doing? You was working to fall in love. So if you ever find that the love is gone, don't go sit in some counselor's office. I just don't love him anymore. I don't love her anymore. Charity will help you work to get the love back that you once had. Charity suffereth long. In a church, you take a church like this, you got 150, 200, 200 people. You know what that means? You got 150 to 200 different ideas and opinions and personalities. Am I right? It's going to take some charity to keep the unity in the church. Those churches we talked about that were once great churches that have closed their doors, you say, what happened? They lost their charity somewhere along the way. And they just started criticizing and picking everybody apart. Having little conversations after church off in a corner somewhere or in the parking lot after church. Amen. I tell you what, it's going to take charity to keep the unity in the church house. Amen. Don't be so quick to criticize and, and just sever friendships over silly little things. Have some charity one with another. i tell you what charity does. She says, maybe I didn't get my way in the business meeting. Maybe the vote didn't go the way I wanted to. But you know what? The work of God is going forward. People are still being saved and missionaries are being sent and supported and the gospel is going forward. And that's what really matters at the end of the day. Not whether I got my way or not. Sometimes preachers ain't much better. That's right. We fall out over the goofiest little things. I realize there comes a point with some people where you have to draw a line in the sand and fellowship has to be broken. But a lot of things people break fellowship over, it ain't worth it. Amen. It's goofy little things. Preachers break the, what do you believe about the gap theory? What do you, I believe there's a gap between people's heads. Amen. Amen. What do you believe about the sons of God in Genesis 6? What do you think about canned music? Who cares? I'll see y'all right there. Not breaking failure. I mean, you ought to know where you stand on the, the seven. I mean, Brother Gravity, there's people on them seven thunders. They do know what it is, and they'll fall out with you if you don't agree with them. That's right. You say, preacher, what do you believe about all those things? Man, I'm an evangelist. I believe what y'all believe. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just being serious. Uh, know what you believe about things. Be careful about just severing friendships and burning bridges over silly little things. Charity suffereth long. I got to move on. I got hung up on that one. And is kind. I mean, charity's pleasant. You know, the Bible did say, be ye kind one to another. You know, it was a good day when I found out I could be an independent Baptist, a King James Bible believer, and still be nice to people and still smile, and I don't feel like i got to be walking around with my King James Bible beating people over the head and just knocking them everywhere. 
Amen. I found out I can still have joy in the Lord. You can be an old time Christian. Amen. You can believe right and walk right and live right and all those things and still have some kindness. Amen. That is lacking in our independent Baptist movement. Hey, I'm going to tell you all something. Independent fundamental Baptists, we're known for a lot of great things. But kindness and charity ain't really one of them. And we could use a good, are y'all with me tonight? I'm not talking about compromise. I'm not talking about sweeping sin under the rug. I'm not talking about watering things down. I'm just talking about know what you believe, stand what you, for what you believe, have conviction, but have a little bit of compassion and charity to go with it. That's why I like your preacher, man. He, he takes some good strong stands. He's a good firm preacher, but he's got charity. You ought to appreciate that. Charity is kind. Charity Envieth not. I was preaching earlier this year down in South Georgia and the pastor asked me, he said, hey, can you go Wednesday morning and preach at the Senior Living Center? I reluctantly agreed to do it. I had to get my heart right. I'm just going to be honest with you. When I was a kid, I mean all through my, my childhood years and teen years, twice a month on Saturdays, we, me and mom and dad would go to nursing homes and we'd sing. And at one of those nursing homes for years, there was this little old lady that would follow me around the room trying to pinch my rear end. (laughs) (laughs) Brother Gravely's like, that's it, he ain't ever preaching again. And so I've just always had a little bit of a phobia about nursing homes and senior living. But you know what I did? I prayed. I got my heart right. I'm like, man, Daniel, go be a blessing to these these people. Go minister to them. And so I did. We we went there. What that pastor didn't tell me was that morning I was going to be preaching to 30 black women. He didn't tell me that part. And so I got there and I just started reading my text. I went to Revelation. I said, and I, John, Mm-hmm. <laughs> was in the spirit on the Lord's day. Well, I thought, oh my, they really do it. <laughs> and you know, for about 30 minutes, man, we had us a time. I mean, I about preached my gizzard out that morning, preached to them 30 precious black ladies. I mean, they got with me. We had a wonderful time. I mean, they were shouting me on. They were waving. I mean, one lady was over in the corner kind of dancing. I mean, I don't know if God liked it or not, but I liked it. Amen. It's helping. Now, if y'all do that, I'm going to get nervous. Amen. But we had a time. We got in the truck that day. I told that pastor, I said, man, I've never had that much liberty preaching to 30 Baptist preachers at a camp meeting. He said, yeah, they weren't envious. Mm. Now listen, fellas, ain't nothing wrong with having a desire to preach. If God's called you to preach, you ought to have a desire to preach. Man, every year I come to Jubilee here, and I've got the message. I mean, I've got it every year, and Brother Gravely never calls on me. I mean, this is the will of God every year. (laughs) I'm kidding. I tell you what, there ain't nothing wrong with having a desire to preach. There is a problem, though, when you can't get a blessing out of any other preacher because you think you ought to be the one up there doing the preaching. There is a problem when you can't get a blessing out of anybody singing because you think, well, I ought to be up there. I ought to be doing the solo. I ought to be singing the specials. I, I sing better than them. What are they doing? Maybe they got a better spirit. And that's why the preacher or the choir director lets them do the singing because their spirit's right. You may have all the talent in the world. You may really have the gift of preaching and all that, but if you ain't got charity, nothing. 
Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself. She's not a self-promoter. She's all about just making sure Christ is known and seen. That's her main goal in life. I, I've been, Brother Gravely, you know how it is when a, when a preacher dies. At their funerals, a lot of preachers tend to come. I've been to preachers' funerals where evangelists and missionaries were walking around with their prayer cards, handing out prayer cards at the funeral, yeah. trying to book meetings. I'm thinking, wrong time, wrong place. I had one one time, he handed me one, and I'm looking at the card, and he said, so, so you're a pastor? I'm like, no, I'm an evangelist. He went, took the card back. I, thought, I do pray, I do support missionaries. But charity vaunteth not itself. Is not puffed up. Now, when Paul said puffed up, he wasn't talking about a girl that ate so many little Debbies that she turned into Big Deborah. That's not what he's talking about right here. What he's saying is she's not proud. She's not full of herself. That's right. Amen. I mean, you realize back in the beginning, it was pride that turned angels into demons. Yeah. And brother and sister, if pride can turn angels into demons, my soul, what can it do to you and me? Right. Yeah. Oh, I'm telling you, Charity is not puffed up. She ain't interested in getting involved in beauty pageants and flaunting her flesh and vanity and all that kind of stuff. Amen. She ain't the least bit worried about all that. She ain't eat up with herself. By the way, we pick on the women, but I've seen some preachers in conferences over the years that they strutted across the stage like a bunch of peacocks. Man, I'm telling you, this thing ain't about me. It ain't about you. It's all about him. It's all about him, amen. What the world needs to see is him, not how wonderful we think we are, but how wonderful we know he is. Hallelujah. That's what they need to see. Charity's not puffed up. You hear some preachers preach, they're the hero of all their stories. They're the hero of all their own illustrations. Verse 5, charity, charity doth not behave itself unseemly. In other words, she's proper and polite. She knows how to behave herself wherever she is. Whether it's a funeral or a wedding or just a church service, she knows how to behave herself. I'm amazed at things I see as I travel around the country. Not too long ago, I was preaching a meeting and I'm up here preaching and I'm kind of walking over to the left side and I see one of the other preacher's wives sitting over here smacking her gum. Not chewing her gum, I mean smacking her gum. I mean like a cow chewing the cud. Just and she's all leaned over on the pew and she's got her hair all out here I got distracted. Seven thunders, amen. So, so I thought, I better go over here to the right side because she's getting on my nerve. About the time I get over here and make eye contact with this crowd, here's one of the other guest preacher's wives. She blows a big old bubble with her gum and pops it right in my face. I'm talking about preacher's wives in their 40s smacking on their gum and blowing bubbles. I'm thinking I would drag my kids out and bust their bottom for doing that. And we wonder, people don't even know how to behave in the church house. And we wonder, where's the spirit of God? Where's the presence of God? Why does revival tarry? We got people, adults, that don't even know how to behave in the church house. Years ago, we lived in a small town in North Carolina. And I remember, the more I preach this message, the more illustrations I get. And it gets longer. That doesn't work in your benefit. I'll let you out in a minute. 
I remember we'd, we'd go to Wendy's almost every Sunday night. And one of those, one of those Sunday nights we was getting ready to leave, we was cleaning up. We'd put some tables together, you know, like you do when you have a big group. We was putting the tables and chairs back, and the, the manager came over and said, Man, I appreciate y'all. Thank you for putting things. Here's what she said. I can't get people to work on Sunday night because the after church crowd on Sunday night's the worst crowd there is. She said they're the meanest, the pushiest, and they don't clean up. I thought, my soul. If anything, we ought to be the ones that they're glad to see walking through the door. You say, what is it? They don't know how to behave themselves. I mean, they'll go to church, carry the King James Bible. Bless God, I love old-time religion. The ladies will wear their skirts all the way down to the floor. But they got a bad testimony in the community. Doesn't matter how clean and nice you look on the outside. If you go in a place and you have a bad testimony, amen. Well, I left a gospel track. They ain't interested in reading it after the testimony you left behind. Charity doth not behave itself unseemly. We're still in verse 5. Seeketh not her own. See, charity is the complete opposite of selfishness. She's not worried about her own rights. I want my rights. I need my me time. Hear that a lot lately. Got to have my me time. No, you're selfish. Let's, let's go back about 80 years and let's find one of them mamas that raised a dozen kids in a one-room shack on a farm. And let's ask her what her me time was like. <laughs> got to have my me time. Hold on, men. We got our man caves, don't we? Got to have my man cave. Most of the time you study the Bible when somebody in his cave, they're running from God, backslidden on God. I got a good idea. Ladies, give up your me time, sir. Crawl out of your man cave. Take your wife on a date. Amen. You might keep your marriage together. Amen. Seeketh not her own. Is not easily provoked. Now here's the thing. You may get provoked. And there's some things that probably should provoke us a little bit. But you won't get easily provoked. In other words, she doesn't walk around with a chip on her shoulder. Just daring somebody to look at her the wrong way or just say the wrong. She doesn't come to church on Sunday like, I dare them to say something to me today. She doesn't walk into church and see two other people talking in a corner. I bet they're talking about me. I bet they're not because you ain't that important. Come back next week and we'll tell you how important you are and how much you are needed in the church. But for tonight, we're going to stick with, you ain't that important. Amen. Charity's not easily provoked. Thinketh no evil. No evil. Man, that, that's charity. Charity thinketh no evil. I mean, she's got a pure mind. Amen. She's also not looking for opportunities to, to get back at other people that may have done her wrong. She's not holding grudges and dwelling on past offenses. One of the reasons, amen, revival doesn't break out in our churches. We got people sitting here that are fuming on things that happened 10 and 20 years yes. ago. And they just won't let it go. That's not charity. Charity thinketh no evil. Verse 6, rejoiceth not in iniquity. She's not happy when she finds out that another brother or sister has made a wreck of their life with sin. She doesn't get the news that somebody messed up, got into sin. It doesn't bring joy to her. Brother Gravely Surely we, between the two of us, we've known lots of preachers that have made a shipwreck of their life and ministry in their homes. 
But I've met some people that they told me the news about it and it almost seemed like they were happy about it. Charity doesn't say things like, well, I told you so. Well, they had, they had it coming. No, here's a good test of charity. When you get news like that, do you get on the phone and talk to your friends or do you get on your knees and talk to the Father about it? She rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth. Charity rejoices when truth prevails. Charity is that church member that'll come to church and when the preacher drops the plow real deep and I mean the preaching gets a little bit tough and, and maybe he's stepping on some toes that day, she just says, bring it on preacher, I need it, I like it, I know what I need. Amen, that's charity. She doesn't get offended, she doesn't get crossways. She ain't looking to find another church across town just because the preacher dealt with her sin. I'm amazed in our day uh, that there's so many people that can come to churches and they'll say things like, well, we got us a good strong preacher. I mean, he preaches against sin. He preaches against alcohol. He preaches against abortion and them sodomites. I mean, he nails it tight. But then the one time he preaches against what your teenager's doing, well, now he's just gotten a little too far out there now. I I just feel like the Lord's leading us a different direction. In my heart, I just, what's the problem? You're following your heart. The heart's desperately wicked, the Bible says. You don't need to be following that sucker. Amen? Charity likes the truth. Even if it stings a little bit sometimes. She doesn't find another way to go out of the church so she doesn't have to shake the preacher's hand. No, she'll go by and say, thank you, preacher, for preaching to me. Verse 7, beareth all things. She protects what she loves. If you have some charity, amen, you'll want to see the church go forward. If you have charity, you'll want to see your home succeed, amen. You may have to put up with some things. You may have to bear some things, but you'll do it because you care about it and you have charity. Not only beareth all things, but charity believeth all things. Now, that doesn't mean charity's gullible, but she is willing to give somebody the benefit of the doubt. She's not quick to criticize and condemn. She's going to have some patience and some discernment. She's looking, she wants to believe people. She wants to trust people. She's not looking to just, you know, take somebody's head off every time something is said. She tries to believe things. And charity hopeth all things. I mean, she's optimistic. She trusts the promises of God. I don't know about you all tonight, but I'm glad we've got some sweet and precious promises from the Word of God that we can trust. And that's where my hope is tonight. You know why most Baptists have lost their shout and they have absolutely no joy. They spend all their day watching Fox News and listening to Rush Limbaugh and they hear all the bad news going on in America and around the world. They spend all day looking at the newspaper and Google and they never take time to open up the Word of God. But I'm glad tonight that my hope, it's not in Washington, D.C. It's not in the president. It's not in the economy, but thank God tonight, my hope is in the promises of God. And I'm glad tonight that I know Him and He knows me and He's in control of everything that comes our way. Amen. That's where my hope is. And even when the bad times do come, even when the storms do come, we can still smile and shout to victory because we know that God is in control. Hallelujah. Hope. She hopeth all things and endureth all things. She's persistent. 
she refuses to accept defeat. I mean, she can endure everything that the world, the flesh, and the devil throws her way. And by the way, brother and sister, the world, the flesh, and the devil can throw a lot of things our way. But with a good dose of charity, you can endure. You don't have to quit every time things get a little bit tough. You don't have to throw in the towel every time something goes wrong. Amen. I mean, with charity, you can just stand there and take it and say, you know what? God brought me to it. He'll get me through it. Amen. Let me finish up tonight by saying a word about the victory of charity. Verse number eight, we see the success of charity. Paul said charity almost never fails. That ain't, that ain't what it says, is it? No, Paul said charity never faileth. She's not five for 10. She ain't eight for 10 or nine for 10. Charity never faileth, ever. You know what that means? Whatever problems you're having in your home, in your church, down at the workplace, at the school, whatever problems you have, you cannot go wrong by choosing charity. He says that, verse eight, whether there be prophecies, they shall fail, and they have. The prophecies of the Bible haven't failed, but man's prophecies have. Brother Danny touched on it in Sunday school. How many people over the years have made prophecies about predicting when the Lord's gonna come back? Man, I'm old enough to remember when the book was written, 88 Reasons the Lord's Coming Back in 1988. That's been a long time ago, y'all. We're still here. Then the fella came out in 2011. The Lord's coming back this day in May 2011. Well, that day came by and went, and the Lord didn't come back, so he said, well, I miscalculated. It's actually going to be October. October came. We're still, that guy's gone, but we're still here. Prophecies will fail. He said, whether there be tongues, they shall cease, and they have. Tongues were for a sign, and we no longer need a sign. And by the way, tongues in the Bible were not the same gibberish you hear going on at the charismatic churches. That's not what he was talking about. Study it out. But tongues have ceased. He said, whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. See, once we're in heaven, all knowledge is going to vanish away. We're not going to need, Brother Gravely, all our commentaries and all our books. And I'm glad we got them now. I ain't that good of a preacher. I need some help. Amen. I ain't got nobody else honest with me tonight. I'm the only one. Thanks for leaving me standing alone, guys. Hey, we ain't going to need all that on that day. We're looking at him face to face. All that knowledge, it shall vanish away, but charity never fails. Let me, let me skip down to verse 13 where we started at. He said, and now abideth faith, hope, charity, these three, but the greatest of these is charity. So why, why charity? Why is charity greater than faith or hope? I think it could be said like this. Our, our faith looks back to Calvary where we see Jesus hanging on the cross, dying for the sins of this world. Our hope looks forward to when Jesus does come in the rapture to catch us away. And by the way, it could be today. Maybe he didn't come in 88 or 2011. Could be today. Could be in 2019. We don't know, but we do know he's coming. That's where our hope ought to be, amen. But charity, charity is now and forever. It's now and forever, and it never fails. So here's the thing. We hear a lot of preaching on faith. And no doubt, it's going to take a great amount of faith. I mean, as the world gets more wicked, and it's not getting better. As it gets more wicked, it's going to take faith to get the job done and serve God and walk with Him like we should. We hear a lot of preaching about hope, and no doubt, 
We need to hear preaching about hope. We don't hear much preaching about charity anymore. And it seems like since we don't hear much about it, we ain't seeing much of it. But I'm telling you tonight, whatever's going on in your life that seems to be falling apart, it ain't nothing that charity won't help you with. You got problems tonight in your marriage. Charity never faileth. Problems all against a brother or sister in this church tonight. Charity never faileth. We're standing to our feet tonight. They're getting us a song ready. Lord, I pray you'd take this simple truth and seal it in our hearts. May we go from here and actually live it and practice it. Let this lost and dying world see what charity really looks like. In Jesus' name, amen.